This is hilarious and figured you guys could use a laugh. We don't have to be serious all the time or we will get burned out. Woman calls off wedding to ghost after he turns to partying and drugs on holiday. Amethyst Realm has split from Ray, a ghost she had decided to wed in 2018 after splitting from her live fiancé, with whom she had a 10-year relationship. A woman has called off her wedding to a ghost after he fell into drink and drugs while they were holidaying together. She explained she called things off with Ray and used Sage to keep him at bay after he completely changed on holiday. The clairvoyant told the hosts Ray started doing drugs and partying both in the spiritual world and on Earth. She said, we've called the wedding off. It was going really well until we went on holiday and that was about last May and then he completely changed. Amethyst explained that she thought Ray fell in with a bad crowd and started becoming really inconsiderate. She said, I think maybe he fell in with a bad crowd when we were on holiday. He just started becoming really inconsiderate, he'd disappear for long periods of time, when he did come back, he'd bring other spirits to the house and they'd just stay around for days. I think he started doing drugs and partying a bit much. He used to come back and these spirits would stay for days at a time. There'd be crashing and banging and strange noises. Amethyst made headlines three years ago after she told Holly and Philip she had sex with a ghost. She told them she had turned her back on men with pulses and even split from her fiancé after he caught Amethyst and a ghost in bed together. At the time, host Philip joked, you've made quite a name for yourself in the spirit world. The ghost lover announced her engagement to Ray in 2018, but worried she'd scare him off if she talked about having babies. I'm coming down now. There was an abandoned house sitting in the middle of a fancy neighborhood in Calgary that nobody would go near. And I mean nobody. Now, my pal Albert was the agent in charge of selling that haunted house and he tried everything in his power to close a deal. But folks were too plumb scared to make an offer, even at rock-bottom prices. Finally, Albert lit on the notion of selling the house sight unseen to a rich city slicker from the States. Worked like a charm, too, until the day the city slicker decided he wanted to visit the property after all. Albert was all set to take the fellow there at high noon, but the city slicker's train was delayed, so it wasn't until after dinner that the two men set off for the haunted house. It was a dark and rainy night, but early enough in the evening that the ghost might still be resting. At least, Albert hoped this was the case. Albert unlocked the front door, and it opened with an ominous creak. Albert swallowed nervously, but the city slicker just chuckled and said something about atmosphere. Albert relaxed a bit, and wondered if he shouldn't have raised the price a bit. The two men entered a tall foyer absolutely festooned with dusty cobwebs. Creepy. The city slicker said enthusiastically. He bounded energetically into the center of the foyer, come to me, foul spirits. He intoned loudly. Immediately, the whole house rang with a sinister, unearthly chuckle. Then an unearthly voice boomed, I'm coming down now. The city slicker jumped and then turned to Albert with a happy grin. Great special effects. How'd you do that? I didn't. Albert said, his teeth chattering. He backed up until he hit the front door and stood there with his hand on the knob. I'm coming down now. The voice boomed again, and the city slicker's grin slipped a bit. He looked at Albert's frightened posture and then followed the agent's gaze toward the stairs. A bright light exploded into being at the top of the steps and quickly resolved into a sinister green head with flaming eyes, writhing hair, and fangs instead of teeth. The head opened its mouth and screamed, a terrible, high-pitched sound that scraped across the nerves. As the head began rolling down the stairs toward the two men, Albert's nerve broke, and a moment later he was halfway down the road, his own scream rivaling that of the specter in the house behind him. It wasn't until he was almost home that he realized that he had company. The city slicker was running along beside him. 
Mr., I don't think I want that house after all, he panted. Why not? asked a hauntingly familiar voice. Albert and the city slicker looked over and saw the green head with flaming red eyes keeping pace with them as they raced down the street. The city slicker gave a screech that would have shamed a banshee and disappeared into the distance so fast there was no keeping up with him. Must have been the asking price, the floating head said conversationally to Albert. The real estate agent shrieked even louder than the city slicker and ran away so fast that his shoes made sparks against the pavement. The next day, Albert quit his job and moved to Vancouver, where he spent the rest of his life working on a fishing boat. And the haunted house fell into ruin and was eventually torn down, never mind them watermelons and Alabama ghost story. Well now, old Sam Gibb, he didn't believe in ghosts. Not one bit. Everyone in town knew the old log cabin back in the woods was haunted, but Sam Gibb just laughed whenever folks talked about it. Finally, the blacksmith dared Sam Gibb to spend the night in the haunted log cabin. If he stayed there until dawn, the blacksmith would buy him a whole cartload of watermelons. Sam was delighted. Watermelon was Sam's absolute favorite fruit. He accepted the dare at once, packed some matches and his pipe, and went right over to the log cabin to spend the night. Sam went into the old log cabin, started a fire, lit his pipe, and settled into a rickety old chair with yesterday's newspaper. As he was reading, he heard a creaking sound. Looking up, he saw that a gnarled little creature with glowing red eyes had taken the seat beside him. It had a long, forked tail, two horns on its head, claws at the ends of its hands, and sharp teeth that poked right through its large lips. There ain't nobody here tonight except you and me, the creature said to old Sam Gibb. It had a voice like the hiss of flames. Sam's heart nearly stopped with fright. He leapt to his feet. There ain't going to be nobody here but you in a minute, Sam Gibb told the gnarled creature. He leapt straight for the nearest exit, which happened to be the window, and hightailed it down the lane lickety split. He ran so fast he overtook two rabbits being chased by a coyote. But it wasn't long before he heard the pounding of little hooves, and the gnarled creature with the red eyes caught up with him. You're making pretty good speed for an old man, said the creature to old Sam Gibb. Oh, I can run much faster than this, Sam Gibb told it. He took off like a bolt of lightning, leaving the gnarled creature in the dust. As he ran past the smithy, the blacksmith came flying out of the forge to see what was wrong. Never mind about them watermelons, Sam Gibb shouted to the blacksmith without breaking his stride. Old Sam Gibb ran all the way home and hid under his bed for the rest of the night. After that, he was a firm believer in ghosts and spooks, and he refused to go anywhere near the old cabin in the woods. Dem Bones A New Jersey Ghost Story My granny was told as a child that Captain Kidd, knowing the law was on his trail, traveled up the Jersey coast looking for the perfect spot to bury his stolen booty. And he found it near a grove of gnarled, windswept pines on Sandy Hook. One moonless dark night. The adventure galley slid silently into harbor at Sandy Hook. Before the wondering eyes of two hidden watchers, a crew of scurvy buccaneers armed with cutlasses and pistols had rowed boatload after boatload of heavy chests into the shore. They were accompanied by a tall, proud man with red whiskers and a cocked hat that the watchers recognized at once as the bold leader Captain Kidd. The captain led his men away from shore, and they disappeared with them into the grove of pines. The pirates were gone a long time, long enough, according to those who watched to bury any amount of treasure. They came away before dawn and rowed back to the adventure galley and sailed into the last vestiges of the dark night. Of course, the eager watchers kept their knowledge quiet and scurried down to the pine grove a few days later, armed with lanterns and shovels. But nary a gold coin found they, and in frustration, they shared their tale with other good folks in the region. After that, 
There was not a night when the pine grove did not see someone digging fervently with a shovel. After a few decades of this, the pine grove gave up the ghost and died away completely. By my granny's time, there was nothing left of the spot save a few stunted trees, some windswept grass, and on certain dark nights, dembones. Dembones are the skeletal crew of Captain Kidd. According to my granny, they come sailing up in a ship made of shadows. The ship moves silently up the coast at the dark of the moon, and anchors near the shores of Sandy Hook. Two or three boats are lowered from her side, and they are filled up with the eager forms of glowing skeletons wearing cocked hats and tattered buccaneers garb. Around their waists are belts full of pistols and long cutlasses. The biggest of Dembones, the one that is probably the first mate, has a skeletal parrot perched on his shoulder. Dembones carry heavy trunks full of treasure onto the shore and scatter them all around the place where the pine grove once stood. Then the pirate crew hauls out kegs and kegs of whiskey and one of the skeletons takes out a fiddle. A phantom fire is lit on the sand, and Dembones start such a rowdy singing and dancing that the noise would wake the dead, if they weren't already awake. When they are exhausted from the dancing, the glowing skeletons collapse on the sand and start telling stories about the ships they have captured and the treasure they have amassed. Some of Dembones open the big trunks and take out jewels and ropes of pearls and adorn themselves. Others toss gold coins back and forth as if they were a child's ball. At the darkest part of the night, just before dawn, Dembones pack up the trunks and row back to the Ship of Shadows. One by one, the glowing skeletons disappeared into the hold and the ship draws anchor and sails away. If you want more funny ghost stories let me know.